I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine. A new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Core. This is Core, talking video games, doing it with our friends. I'm Scott Johnson. It's Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. And we're back. It's a day late. Not a dollar short, though. Uh, normally we record on Wednesdays, but I'll just be honest with you. Uh, how do I put this without grossing everybody out? Um, I had the runs. There you go. <laughs> I had the runs yesterday. Real bad, like. I don't know what's going on. I got some kind of bug, and it was so bad. The 7 o'clock starts rolling around. I'm like, oh, guys, I don't know. This, this isn't going to work very well. I'm going to have to get up every five minutes and leave the show. And they were kind to say, all right, fine, let's uh, let's bump it a day. So now we're here a day later, and I'm all plugged up. I'm good now. Got some kind of cork board up there. <laughs> no, I don't know. what. what? I, don't, I think it's just going away. <laughs> I think it's going away. It's just going away. It's fine. Why cork board? I don't know. I don't know what I'm thinking. Cork board's the stuff okay. you pin pictures on well, and to-do lists and stuff, right? I think it's like oh. you're thinking of a wine cork. Oh, oh yeah. maybe that's what I mean. You took that little that thing and you... Yep. Plugged it in and screwed it in. Yep. Plugged it in, screwed it in. Sealed. Ran it. Ran it through the trouble. Did it. Hey, everybody. Yeah, sealed uh, and, it, and it will be fermented <laughs> later. Forever and ever. Hey, it's good to be here. It's uh, good to have us all back and uh, good to be talking about video games again. I think it'd be fun today to start with uh, a little discussion about cloud gaming. Everybody keeps jamming this down our throats. Hey, cloud gaming's coming, everybody freaking microsoft got their thing and here comes google with stadia a terrible name but it's gonna be good or is it and uh everybody else with their plans we don't know what sony's gonna do in terms of cloud gaming moving forward or what this may mean to pc solutions outside of stadia uh 
no one's really talking about that. Certainly Nintendo living in their own weird world that probably doesn't care about any of this. So what does it mean for the future of gaming? Does it mean anything for Microsoft in terms of their return to dominance in the next generation of consoles? Uh, it's fun to talk about. So Phil Spencer talked about it. Uh, Phil Spencer, currently head of Xbox and probably my favorite of all the uh, console slash front-facing gamer CEO types. Uh, I think he's my favorite. The Sony guy wigs me out. Can we talk about that for just a second? No offense to him. I'm sure he's the nicest guy ever. But he looks like... Which one? Um, like the, what? the one that's in there now. He's the... Not... not um, okay, so before him was uh, the dude I actually really like because he looked like a hitman for the mob. And I liked him. I can't Are think of his name. talking about the guy who looks like a slightly smushed Robin Leach? <laughs> yes, that's the one. That's the one. And he kind of looks like the penguin a little bit. And he, <laughs> yep. he's a little evil sounding because he'll get up and go, yes, video games, they're great. And <laughs> kind of attitude about everything. He, well, he does the hand thing. He does like the Mr. Burns hand. Yeah, he does this a lot. And is that's it, not going to get you very far if you do the Mr. Burns. Is it Kaz Hirai? No, that was the no. that was the Japanese head of PlayStation who's now retired from that. And that guy's awesome. Not him, though. It's a it's, uh, PS... Uh, uh, Sony Entertainment America. Andrew House? Maybe. Is that him? Andrew I don't House. Know, they, call, I, they call him the PlayStation boss. I don't know who they call the head of... No, nope, that's not him. That's the Welsh guy. He's cool, too. Um, let's see. Head of play, PlayStation. Just look up who does their keynotes. You'll probably find it. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Okay. Let's do that. Um, uh, or you could Google slightly squished Robin Leach. I'm sure he'd pull up. I'm going to put... PlayStation keynote guy. Um, and, okay. and it's, uh, it's not Sean Layden because he left. I can't find his name. Someone in the chat figure it out. Scus yeah, this is what we need the chat for. Yes, please. So uh, anyway, that guy is weird. I really like Phil Spencer because he just feels like he's one of us. He feels like, um, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's purely an aesthetic sort of presentation i don't thing. think it is i think when you when you hear phil spencer's ideas and how he sees the evolution of xbox and gaming in general it is very counter big corporation very counter what you typically would expect from a, a big company especially a company like microsoft and i i think a lot of people have a tendency to respond to that because i think we get very used to the usual PR BS that we get churned out every year uh, from these people. And I think having somebody come out and go, I just want you to play our games and mm -hmm. I really don't care how you do it. Like if you buy an Xbox, that'd be great. But honestly, it's it's time for you to just play our games. We just want to make rad games and we want you to play them. And yeah. like that's that's a unique stance to take. I mean, that's the thing that everybody else says, but you get the impression Phil needs. Yeah, it feels like he, that's a great way to put it. feels like Phil means it when he says it. And it feels like it's also in keeping with Microsoft's other sort of recent pivots and objectives, which is our stuff on more platforms, um, less about trying to trap people in, in, a, in an ecosystem, which was very much the message of the PS4 launch, or uh, excuse me, Xbox One launch. Um, just overall, uh, of, of, I mean, I've said it on the show before. I'll just reiterate it. I think of all of the the big names that will be pushing new hardware on us in the coming years. They're the most 
they're the one I'm most excited about. And this comes from somebody who is very, has in the past anyway, been very dedicated to what PlayStation does and what Sony does. And I think Microsoft's got a real chance here. So we'll see what happens. But he wanted to talk about cloud gaming in general. And uh, uh, some of these things came out in this interview. And it's pretty great. So this is on GameSpot. Check this out. He says, likens cloud gaming to Netflix. Feels like it happened overnight, but actually took about 20 years for Netflix to go from A to B. Uh, so that's interesting. Says there are tons of devices out there. So cloud is not serving an immediate need when platforms we have support a different system. Most importantly, and I want to talk about this one for a second, says that lag is a thing and we should be truthful about this. So what do we think he means by that? Like, well, uh, in the further context of it, I remember reading this part and I guess, um, there's a lot of conversation about not having tried Stadia. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he referenced them by name, but not having tried it, everyone's like, "Yeah, the lag's gonna be bad, man." We no one, everyone's very incredulous, even if people say like, "No, no, it was totally fine. I played it." Everyone's like, "Yeah, but," and um, he's saying like, "Yeah, lag could very well be a thing. We shouldn't just sweep it under the rug or market it away like it won't be a thing that's gonna bother hardcore gamers, mm-hmm. and that's not." Because I think the response is like, oh, it's negligible, right? Mm-hmm. He's just like, no, it's not negligible. It's a legit concern. So he's kind of validating, I guess, those concerns from people that sure. like it needs to be perfect or there's no point to it. I like yeah, that I mean, stance a lot. That's great. Yes, John. It's a case where, you know, again, this this goes back to what we were just saying about him, which is there's that corporate speak of, oh, it's going to be lightning fast. You won't even notice it. And it's like, well, yeah, but except the problem is, is that as soon as people buy it and try it, we are, if it's there. Right. And having somebody say, let's be real, it's there. (laughs) And it's probably not going to be a problem for a lot of games. But if you're into highly competitive Twitch shooters or fighting games or things like that, this probably isn't a viable option at this exact moment. Yeah. And the the honesty is... uh nice it's a bit of a relief because i don't want to go headlong into that stuff and just have corporate speak dictate the day and then have backlash and then deal with all of that noise Uh, i would rather them get out in front of it and say while this is continually improving and is finally in a position or finally in a a state where it can be a viable broad-ranging product it will just continue to improve i think the netflix comparison is actually apt not just in terms of how big they got or how permeated in the culture they are now. But also that time was about bandwidth becoming better and their services becoming better and video codecs and compression becoming better and a million things that uh, sort of improved and iterated over that time. Like that's what's happening here and we're going to jump into it at a certain point in that timeline and it will continue to grow and improve. And I like that they are willing to sort of say, you know, we know that. And so come with us on this on this journey as it improves. Like that's the right that's the right thing to be telling me to sell me on this. Um, Not it's the greatest thing ever. You'll have no problems. This is the future. And then I buy your thing and I have trouble with it. Or the Internet goes out one day and I'm reminded that it's 100 percent ISP dependent. Like all of those things are going to come up. And I trust that trust that line a lot more than i would uh yeah i think it's a sudden left turn into new technology that he's like that's not how this works so right 
again, he didn't call out, I think, any products by name. I can't remember, but clearly referring to Stadia. Right? So it, they had, because they, they're doing a mobile thing, right? For the new Xbox, where you're going to be able to play your Xbox game streamed to your mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, I assume, will use cloud computing on some level, I think, or at least local network stuff. Like that technology is all related. But it's not that's not what they're selling the their product on. And I mean I think he thinks that like, you know, Nintendo and, and PlayStation are not gonna be turbocharging into this technology until it's viable. So he says like the next ten or twenty years. Yeah. Which yeah. is a realistic benchmark to yes. me so it just seems like avoid stadia at all costs <laughs> i mean and there's no reason for them especially after the kind of console generation they had to feel like they have to be the trendsetter on this yeah you know like like not to say that playing it safe is always a great option but like right now isn't exactly the time for microsoft to say hey let's take a gamble on new technology i know we had a real bad console generation but i think if we double down and just really put all our eggs in a new technology basket. I think this will turn out well for us. Yeah, I do too. Well, go ahead, Bo. Well, I just hope they learn their lesson from the Xbox One gap because it was Phil that was did that keynote, right? Like He was all part of that. I think the article went on to explain some of the context around that, but it was really marketed. That year, I guess it was PlayStation 4 versus Xbox One. I remember watching you, Scott, do your live stream during E3 or the presentations, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And just being like PlayStation won this hands down. PlayStation's like, we got to get your games. <laughs> and, you know, that that year, Phil was like, we've got NFL and we've got HBO on here. And everyone's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really is a misstep. And, but I feel like, I don't know, he's he's been earning a lot of uh, reputation. Well, it's a different the dude since then, right? So. Who was the guy before? Who was the guy? Oh, I think it was Phil Spencer. No, no, no. It was somebody else. It was that guy that doesn't work there anymore. Um, really? Yeah. I was uh, going to say, I thought Phil Spencer was. He was part of it. Xbox like he might have been. He might have been there. He yeah, was he was. He was in charge of Microsoft Game Studios at the time. And then he replaced. Oh, what's his name? By the way, seeing as we're trying to think of another name, <laughs> let's uh, let's scratch one off the list. It's Sean Layden. Sean Layden. We were thinking of yeah. for the PlayStation, right. and now we can move on to thinking about a different one. Right. It's uh, hold on, I got it right here. Um, fi- nope, this is the wrong Phil Spencer. That's fantastic. All right. Well, anyway, oh, takes over of Xbox Division. Let's find this guy's name because the guy guy really rubbed me wrong when he was there. His name was. Uh, Spencer, 25 years, Microsoft Studios Worldwide Manager in 2008, uh, Corporate Vice President following year, okay, blah, 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 blah. he takes over for Don Matrick. That's the one. Don Matrick. He's the one that went up there and blew smoke up our butts, and then when somebody questioned him on their old games, he said, well, that's, you already have a console for that. It's called the Xbox 360. That, that guy, that a-hole. Uh... Anyway, oh, remember oh, him? I thought it was. I, I remember Phil being there. I thought he was part of that presentation. I guess I was mistaken. He well, might have for some it. software stuff because he was head of. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm, he's been around for a while as a public facing person. But you're right. Maybe he wasn't head honcho. Yeah, he was there the for twenty. Let's see, twenty five years at Microsoft up to the point he was made head of Xbox. Which uh, anyway, and, and as soon as he did, it felt like the tenor changed. 
Um, and I don't like blaming one guy for everything. That's that, how you market to stakeholders. Like we're going to be the box in the house. That's mm -hmm. not how you market to consumers. It's there's right. not enough um, seduction in it. Yep. It did well, not work. I mean, we've slowly, like, you're seen... going to love you, love me. I'm going to make you love me and be, be the only one. It's like, eh, I don't think I want to anymore. We've seen that shift even this generation. I mean, I, I think if I'm being honest, obviously most of my gaming is done on the PC, but if you said, John, what are you more interested in? Uh, the Xbox, you know, Project Scarlet that's coming out or the PS5. Uh, as somebody who currently owns a PS4 and does not own an Xbox One, I'm more interested in Xbox Scarlet because I feel like they were late to the game, but they've made such good decisions for that console. And I feel like Sony's been going the other way. You know, you see Sony in a real like, we don't have to do anything. We're the big, we're the big guns. We don't, we don't have to share online spaces with people. We can be closed off. We can do whatever we want. And I think there's a, a dynamic shift there. And I think Phil Spencer's a big part of why that's shifting for Microsoft. Yeah, I agree. It's good stuff. Um, he also went on to say, where was it? Oh, says that their xCloud gaming is focused on mobile gaming streamed through local machines in the home. It is not an overnight change. Development will be incremental over time. So we talked about that in the next decade or two. They're going to really push through that. And uh, five other fairly interesting articles about Phil Spencer published over time on GameSpot uh, in like a single day. It's good for them to get out in front of this. They, you know, we don't, I'm still disappointed that we learned so little about any of this at E3. E3 was weird for me and Microsoft, from my perception anyway. I know that's, you know, mileage may vary. But I was kind of bummed at the messaging there. It just didn't seem like they were giving us much um, to look at. I thought that the we message know. was okay, but I thought the like them saying like, "Hey, we're going to make a powerful new system" is a fine message. They didn't show any of it. You know, yeah. there was like, is this, it might as well have been a piece of paper that said, "Yeah, we're making a new Xbox and it's going right. to be good." Right. And I thought <laughs> it's like okay, but you're up on the stage. You have no competition this year. You have a chance to really set the world on fire, and you came out and said, "Yeah, we're gonna do it." Yeah, and then walked away. Yeah, all of that was weird. I think it could have. It was a bigger opportunity, and they didn't. They didn't capitalize on it. I don't know why, but I still think they're on message in terms of uh, where their efforts are being put, and and I have a lot of faith in it. They'd have to do a lot to totally disappoint me with uh with what they do with the next xbox because i think this is their time to shine this is a chance for them not only to differentiate themselves but to spread themselves in further corners they have not previously been on more platforms they've not previously been and giving pc more priority like there's just a lot that could happen here that is all good for them and they would have to really blow it for my perception to be shattered i think so i guess good on them and i hope they keep going uh I mean, if you guys had to choose today, let's say, John, let's say uh, I'm going to make a scenario here that you can't deny. How about okay. consoles are only going to be 10 bucks, but the rule is for the next generation. The rule is, though, you only can buy one of them. You can't have two of them. So at this stage, knowing what you know, knowing the strength of PlayStation first party development, knowing the strength of this xCloud stuff and PC crossover that Microsoft is involved in and they're pretty good subscription models, whatever uh, you know, good points and bad points you want to include in your evaluation, of those two, they go on sale today. You can only get one. Price is not an issue. Where, what do you do today? 
Uh, wow, this is hard. Um, especially because I just said I was more interested in Xbox Scarlet. Mm-hmm. I think I would go with the PlayStation. Mm, and here's why. I don't I so I say that, mm. but I want to I want to make it clear 100% of that decision is from I feel like I have a better idea of what games are going to land on the next PlayStation. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation that the next Last of Us is going to be on there. I'm sure there's going to be a follow-up to the Spider-Man game that set the world on fire. Sony has a lot of first-party games I know I'm going to want. And I know I'm going to want to buy. And there's a good chance that those Microsoft games are going to probably wind up on the PC. And I might have another way to play those. There's no PC in this world. Oh, okay. Wait, Bo's adding new rules. Hold on. This is good. This is good. So take PC PC out of the argument. You can't can't add that. So PCs just don't exist. Yeah. And I only get one. I can never buy the other. You can never buy the other. Donald Trump had went insane and outlawed them. (laughs) Because they I mean, cause I violence. I don't but know not if consoles. he had to have a change of heart to actually get to that point. But anyway, uh, okay, okay. Um, frick. I like how Scott's laughing so much. It's funny yeah, because it's really. At some point, we're going to turn this around and ask you, Scott. I know. Because Trump's already crazy. No, no, no. no, no, no. He's laughing about the Donald Trump. No, thing, I, I am. No, I'm actually asking. I'm actually laughing about this impossible answer he has to give because oh, yeah, there's we've, no PC. Um, like, stop yeah. beating around the bush. Just give your answer. We've and created say a, a quick reason why. We've we created. I mean, an, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll I get I get a chance to answer too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'll I'll say. I'll say Microsoft in this situation. It's I'll tough. Say Scarlet. Yeah. But it's if you tough. want to change it, you can. So let me say mine because I'm very definitive. Right. No PCs in this world, no mobile gaming, just a console. What do you pick? Yeah. Easy. PlayStation. Wow. Because they've okay. got VR. Oh. Okay. They have actually interesting technology that Xbox isn't really working on. You know, Connect is trash. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. I'm, so you hmm. think that the, the fact that they are. The, the thing is, we don't know what their next generation. They're ahead of, of the technology race right now, you know, in terms of gimmicks that are cool, mm, you know, mm. versus Xbox, who will have good games. But and exclusively, John's point about exclusives, both on Nintendo and Xbox, are going to be sad. But ultimately, I'm going to want to see where VR goes. So PlayStation right. wasn't doing it. That's interesting, and also because in your world, in the, in the rules we've made, this also be a world without PC connected VR and without vr at all except it's available on the playstation right is that how you have to look at this because the truth is this we don't know what their next generation plans are for vr it may be just the same they're just going to carry it forward it could be at some point but it's like to me that's indicative of playstation's willingness to try ancillary products and succeed at it i guess not auxiliary products like like i said i had a connect it was was not a great experience, but to me that Connect was not very like it was very much marketed as like a forward thinking new way of gaming, but it was really just a gimmick thing. It was pretty yeah, bad. Nintendo used to do that with their guns. Like the I had the bazooka with the Super Nintendo. And that was really fun. Like stuff like that I kind of dig that when consoles do it. The little robot when you play, what was it? Like Gyros? What was it? There's a game. You know, you had the robot. Are you talking about like Robbie the robot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a cool game where like you'd move him and then it'd open up all the red doors or blue doors. Yeah. But um you know the other companies do it, but right now PlayStation's the one doing it, so that's the one. But I mean for all we know, Scarlet adds compatibility with all VR headsets. You know, we just don't know. But I see your point. Sony has shown an interest and an ability 
to not only have an interest but succeed at it, whereas Microsoft has had maybe an interest and like, not today I can get No Man's it. Sky for PlayStation. I can play it in VR. I have a space sim on a console in VR. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty my cool. decision made. I think it sounds. I I totally get what you're saying. The the only question I have in my mind is moving forward. What do they want to do? Because as it stands right now, um, considering the second wave of VR stuff is already out there, PlayStation VR is pretty much now by far sort of the weakest of the solutions. Um, and it's and they've said nothing about a next generation bump to that. It's still just move controllers and the VR one, and they said it will be forward compatible, and that's cool and all. But they don't, you know, they they're not really iterating. So I have a lot of questions about that. Um, but you both answer. Only base it on what we know, right? Not right. I mean, in my perfect scenario, the companies join forces, and suddenly the best first party development joins the best technology back end, and now we have the greatest console maker of all time, uh, possibly. But because I have to make a choice, John says Microsoft. You say Sony. I, I'm. First party single player games are big for me. I love yeah. a good game that doesn't require that I'm in a freaking chat room with people unless it's you guys. Um I like to escape into a game like the um Uncharted games or just name any number of really great first party Sony product. That's a really hard thing for me to deny. But I also believe in my heart of hearts that Microsoft has both the pockets and the desire to to build that kind of caliber first party output. So I think if I'm to, and, and again, this is a lot of this has to do with you have to choose today because in four months right. we may hear something new that'll make us go, oh my God, well, of course I'm changing my mind. But right now, yeah. if you had to choose today, I think I would go Microsoft given given that I think they can get there. And if, PSVR was more important to me. I would probably go that other direction because it would be enough to push me over. But I actually think it's kind of the weakest of the VR right now. I um, mean, I, I think the best way I can describe my feelings on it is I feel like PlayStation is a smart bet, uh, like a safe bet for me. But I feel like if you want to say like where my prediction on where we would be going, that's where my pick becomes Microsoft. Your I prediction Microsoft, is Microsoft is going to be more awesome like, next cycle. Like, I guess I maybe I have more faith that it's going to be better in the next cycle. And if I'm just thinking about pure logic, pure numbers, I'm like, man, Sony's first party is really strong and has been for a while. Right. But it, it's also been, I mean, it has been strong, but will it continue to be strong? There's also some doubt there. I mean, we know we're, there's going to be a sequel to The Last of Us. We're not sure if it's going to be on this generation or next. Mm-hmm. You know, Spider-Man's great, but that's maybe one or two games a uh, console generation. Yeah. And, you know, when does the novelty of that wear off? Right. And beyond that, like, what are their big name franchises, you know, and are they able to stick around? That God of War was fantastic, but is it going to be fantastic again? You know, like if they do it again, even. It's a good so, point. Yep. It's a good point. I, I agree. And it's cyclical and these things go back and forth. Um. I mean, if I'm honest, I don't know that too much of Microsoft's first party stuff has really blown me away that's coming. It's all looking okay, right? The Halo Infinite looks cool from what I can tell. Um, But, you know, maybe it's just more Halo and that's not not great. I don't know. Um, More Gears doesn't really do it for me unless they do something that just blows my mind. 
Like there are a few things I feel like they're re- relying on kind of flash in the pan, already dead franchises. Oh, I got to be careful when I say Halo is a dead franchise. People will email me until the sun comes up tonight. So forget I said that. Dude, <laughs> Halo is not dead. Microsoft's betting big money on its top streamer to play it. That whole ninja move is basically a Halo move. Ooh, wait oh, a minute. Hold so? on. Hold on. Is, is that true? Bo, Did he say he was going to be going to play a lot of Halo? Bo, no, but like it's clear, right? Hold on. We got to play this. No, this is not a bow idea. I've read this on the internet. This is this did not originate from me. Okay, they, they are releasing a new Halo game, right? Yeah, Halo yeah. Infinite, new Halo out. in the works. Yep. And one of their old pros has become like what can argue the finer details of this. The most known streamer, mainstream wise, they've paid them an exclusivity deal to be on their exclusive streaming platform. So on Xboxes, you'll be able to watch Ninja and all that. It's He's clearly going to be playing. You're going to try and make Halo a thing. Yeah. Uh, like I, that, I think about how it. that worked with Apex, right? Mm-hmm. No one knew a damn thing about Apex, and then all these top streamers, uh, shooter streamers, start playing it, and boom, Apex. Even if Apex receded, it made its way into the consciousness of that online gamer space. And, and if Phil Spencer's as smart as he portrays in those flattering articles about him, He's probably got to look at that Apex situation and go like, "Oh, Microsoft got money, we can do that." And we have a like, streaming service. Yeah. Let's and and we have a streaming service and let's pay a bunch of the top talent to play the game. Just well, they should do that. If they don't do that, they're being foolish. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it at all. The That's- game also has to not suck. And I don't know about you guys, but you might want to play a bumper for this, but like Halo's the whole series is super overrated. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Bo's deflecting for you. I was actually going to deflect for you as well, Scott, because mm. I was going to say that. Um, I, but people play like it. I, I completely skipped the last Halo game because that's where my interest level had fallen to. The one before it, I thought, was genuinely bad. Like, I don't, I don't think Halo is great. I, I don't think that franchise is an automatic win and you can say people email oh no it's the best i think they're going off of name value and having fun in multiplayer which yeah there's fun to be had there sure there's fun to be had in most multiplayer but man was i disappointed with that first uh with halo 4 was it Mm -hmm. which was the yeah halo 4 was the was the big xbox i bought halo 3 for the xbox the, the one where it was no longer Bungie. The yeah. first non-Bungie. Three, four, three, four, three studios took over at four. So yes, four is the one that bummed and everybody out. I was so disappointed in that because it was it was a point to like make your mark. And this is something I think about a lot in video games. Like think about Super Mario 64 and the music in that and how iconic that music is. I mean, we just had the other day someone sent us a video of the fish going through the tubes and it was playing that Mario 64 music as the fish went through Mm -hmm. like that music now gets used in new Mario games. They use that going forward. But there was a time when somebody said, no, this is the new music of Mario. This is what Mario sounds like now. It sounds different. And this is what it sounds like, because rather than trying to just iterate and ride the coattails of what came before, they said, no, we're going to put our stamp on it. We're going to make this ours. And that was kind of what Mario 64 was in a big way. Yeah. And now a lot of games just kind of borrow pieces from it and pull pieces from it and say, ah, we're going to connect to it here and there. 
And I feel like Halo 4 was their first chance to really say, we're going to make this our own. We're going to make something totally different. And within minutes, you're back to just fighting the Covenant again, which didn't even make a ton of sense, narratively speaking. Mm -hmm. So is it and... just four you don't like? Because I think the whole series is overrated. Oh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, I'm going to give some like love for Halo ODST. Halo 1 and Halo 2. They're not, they're not great like Old, okay. ODST is a great Halo game. I loved ODST. I, and Reach. I love ODST. I love Reach. Reach, Reach is great. Is amazing yeah. reach, reach is a very good video game regardless of whether or not that's a halo product or not i think i mean i hope infinite gets closer to that than it does to just regular ass halo because then maybe I they've got my attention reach is brilliant and i love it and i i think that's a legitimately fantastic game i think halo one was fine for at the time okay uh was made by hold on a second oh no that was still bungie i thought i thought reach for some reason was another studio but i guess not no reach was bungie's swan song i think yeah I think that was the that was the end and well but three man, that was a good ending three was before reach right because was, was, yeah 2010 so you're i think you're right i think reach was the final the final game before they bailed and started working on destiny or had already started working i don't know how that actually went but yeah, I think there's some uh, yeah. Destiny Easter eggs actually hidden in Reach. Yeah, Reach is cool. Well, so this new this this new one's gonna be they're gonna try and hit Apex Fortnite levels. Well, and Bo's right. Like Bo is hundred percent right that they need to. Like, it needs to be good. Yeah, with, with all the money they're pouring into it, maybe it will be. I don't know. It could be. I mean, is it three four three making it this time? Yes, it's, it's still three four three this time. Oh, so it's definitely going to be a turd. With your review. <laughs> I don't know if that's guaranteed. I don't with your know. Review of th four, four, four is, is pretty bad, but the five and five was better than four. But it's you know again not back to the former glory. Those are they're really talented folks at three four three. I I don't think I think there's huge pressure. It's not an aspersion on the people working on it. Games are alchemy. You can put what is it? It's not an expression today. You're pouring the gas all over the car, but none of it's going in the tank. Well, and for all we know, 343 wanted to do something different with Halo, and the suits at Microsoft said, wait, you want to get bold and daring with Halo? No. Make it Master Chief, Covenant, fighting. Go. Yeah. They were like, but we want to do something different. It he, like, he shouldn't even be fighting the Covenant anymore, narratively speaking. They were like, Master Chief, Covenant, <laughs> go. Like you can see a world where like somebody, a business guy is like, no, do what they did before that made money. Don't do something different. Stop it. Right. Yeah. Well, it'll be, it'll be cool to see what they pull off. Hey, speaking of that other kind of thing, a game you mentioned. Apex Legends added a limited time solo mode that adds anger to players. Um, but also a bunch of people want to keep it. <laughs> I, I kind of want them to keep it. I think I would go mess with that sometimes when I'm just not in the mood to get worked. Uh, Wait, I, I, I don't know that it was the mode that added anger to players. Is that what it was? What did it make no, him? What no, was it? Loot boxes uh, that pissed him off? It was a loot box situation. John, explain it. What, why were they mad? Okay, so there's two things. There's two parts to this, a happy part and a sad part. The happy part is there's a solo mode for Apex. If you ever said, hey, I don't have friends. <laughs> I want to play Apex. There's now a mode for you. Congratulations, you can get in there. Uh, the only problem is it's limited. A lot of people are campaigning saying, hey, what if it was a permanent thing? Um, it sounds like they're not necessarily opposed to it. Their own language was that they were testing the waters with mm. the idea of a uh, solo mode. So maybe they'll come back around to it. 
but the drama is around loot boxes. Mm. Unsurprisingly, but I will say this: when I when I first read about this story, I didn't want to include the loot box stuff because it feels like we've been talking about that forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talked about it back when we were just talking about Heroes of the Storm, but this does seem specifically kind of bad. So my understanding of how it works is that basically because Apex Legends does not give you duplicate items, mm -hmm. when they put out a limited run of items in loot boxes, there is a number of loot boxes you can obtain that guarantees you will get everything that has been released. Right. And that number is 24 loot boxes. <laughs> so two is what you can earn in the game. Okay which leaves 22 that you have to buy with money if you want all the items. I thought, okay, well, that's if you want all the items. What if you only want one of the items or two of the items? Here's where it gets tricky. They're still randomly generated items, so there's no guarantee you're going to get in box one that you purchased what you want. You might not get that until box 22, which with $7 a box is about 140 150 somewhere in their dollars. If you have $7 for a loot box, are they, uh -huh. how bad is their crack habit that they need that much income for their entire staff? It's pretty bad. It's $7 for a loot box. Yep. There's no one else out uh, that's no, outrageous. That's why I included it. I, this a... <laughs> seemed extremely bad to me. Like I said, $7. I didn't want to even talk about it, but I was like, wait a minute, really? Are you kidding me? This is incredibly expensive loot boxes. Then it has the RNG on top of it. So even if you were to say, you know what? I don't want everything. I just want something. You still have to pray to RNGesus to save you there. And <laughs> It's just bad all around. And it's limited time, so they've got the added pressure on you of, like, do it now or it's gone. Yeah. You should be able to earn them all for free or buy a battle pass to... To grind it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's... I think there's some, maybe they hired somebody fresh out of school to make that or something. I, I, I mean, I, the biggest feedback I heard about, like about the solo mode was that it, people really liked it and wanted it to stay in the game. So I think the mode itself is great, but there's the, you know progression bit that's i guess pissing people does off it does it relate to the solo mode at all i mean only earn it, the, like, i think it does i think it has some connection to it i haven't played it's, it it's so. just the season like probably the season has the solo mode and uh these rich people loot boxes uh this is actually separate from the season so they're on season two and this came in as a special event during right the season. Oh, like a brawl yeah they they yeah. mean mean it to be temporary Okay, um, so it's unrelated. But basically. a lot like you know these other games, Fortnite included, they something is very popular and people like it. They'll they will maybe f from bringing it back occasionally to making it a permanent fixture is not that unheard of. So if enough people demanded it, I could see the solo mode being a thing, but not if it's tied to this loot box mess. I think that'll just keep pissing people off. Also, I still say loot boxes, they're not long for this world i don't care who you are or how you set your game up i just think it, there's going to be a clearinghouse over the next year or so where every game is going to go the route that rocket league did and go a different way get rid of loot boxes altogether. get rid of rng go to something more like battle passes that are uh fairer are to consumers make more fortnite sense. 
in Fortnite. Um, there is, I don't know. I don't think so. You can buy cosmetics. There's probably limited run cosmetics. And then I know there's battle passes. I'm just wondering if they actually had a loot box system too. They, they have the thing, the limited run store concept where each week it's different items. They have that sort of thing, but I, they don't, I don't think they have anything that's actually an RNG loot box. Uh, to drop i think it's all battle pass levels and whatever they put on sale in their store no. yeah i'm finding an article here saying they put an end to random loot boxes january 20th puts it into random loot box purchases so they've ended it they had it before did they yeah so uh... i mean it, remember epic is they're the ones that bought um wrote or sorry um uh, what the hell is it called they just I just said the name. Rocket League. They just bought Rocket League. Uh and then they and then that's like the first order of business was getting rid of those things. So I th- I have a feeling that anything Epic's making that's like a game as a service, which really are just those two games at this point, um, they don't want loot boxes. It appears. Yeah. It it feels like that's them doing a top down sort of change. And I am a hundred percent for that. They're a poisoned well at this point. It doesn't matter how good your intentions may be to put them in your game and say, oh, we want a fun mechanic that people will enjoy coming back. It's too late. The well has been poisoned. Too many games went up to that well and threw whatever they wanted into it, and now we don't get to have that anymore. So it's time to come up with new strategies and new ideas on how you're going to get money out of us. Because that one immediately is a red flag of they just want money. And that is not a signal that EA of all companies should be sending out. Considering if you want to know who probably dumped the most poison in the well, it was them with their star Wars game. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, I, I, I immediately bristle. If I hear about a new game coming that has loot boxes in it, it bugs me. Cause then I'm like, I don't know, man, really you're going to start this way. Those that ex- already have it, Heroes of the Storm, Overwatch, I look at that as sort of a legacy attachment, and I think they need to remove them. I think yeah. I, I don't know what those possibilities are in ca- the case of Heroes, given what they what they are now. But but like in Overwatch's case, if I were them, and maybe two, maybe Overwatch two solves this, and they don't have to think about it. I, who knows? We'll have to wait and see what that you is. You but, can't buy loot boxes in Heroes. You can only buy them, I think, with gold now. Like so, they're it's basically a rewards program, right? And which would still be fine, but I think it's got a taint. I think that just I just oh, think the idea yeah, of RNG based boxes and loot needs need to stop. Just needs to go there. They could do a battle pass system easily. I mean, they could take out the loot boxes and put a battle pass system. And yeah. they already had the beginnings of it for ranked uh, with the way they're doing it now. So and but yeah, would... but you can't buy them with money. So if you're complaining about RNG for a free thing. Yeah, that's you can spend money to just buy the exact thing you want and you're good to go. Yeah. And I and I in a heartbeat, whatever a whatever that looks like in Heroes, I'd pay for it. Like that would be my new monthly freaking fee. I'd do it. So Blizzard and your and your little scrappy team over there on Heroes of the Storm. You got my monthly 10, 15, whatever it is you need. Just do it. Whatever the seasons are. Aren't they monthly seasons? I don't know how they work everywhere else. So. Yeah, they have the stim pack right now, which I do. I've always had one active, I think, for the most part. Yeah. But it just gives you extra gold, which basically gives you extra rewards because you open more loot boxes depending on how much you play. It's not worth it if you don't play that much, though. Yeah, not really. 
Uh, all right, well, there's that. Apex, still a thing. I still have some friends who play constantly and still love that game. And you know, I think it's, it's a good game. I think it's it doing fine. Like the yeah, business around it needs to improve a little bit. Yeah, they're doing fine though. Uh, there's a rumor floating around that Diablo. Uh, well, not this isn't a rumor. They actually did a blog post saying how what they intend to do for content moving forward, what the current season structure is like for them, and what they plan on doing. And to me, the whole thing smells of preparing everybody for a brand new game that you will now all focus on, and we will just be in sort of quiet little rotate mode over here. But see, the funny thing is, is I actually took this the opposite way. Not oh, not right. that they aren't working on Diablo 4. I think that's still true. But I, as soon as you read a blog post about any Blizzard game that isn't called Overwatch, uh, that basically reads ongoing content and seasons, it's like, okay, let me clench my stomach and get ready to read about how this game is now going to be a legacy game and not supported anymore. Mm-hmm. But then we, I read it, and it's like, we're going to be adding this. We're going to be doing this. We're going to make sure we put in new sets. We want new items and armors in there. We want to make sure new items are going in in the season. We want to make sure this is new. Like, they're going to add a bunch of stuff to Diablo 3. It's not going to be a giant overhaul. It's not going to set the world on fire. It's not going to be an expansion. But in a world where I kind of thought this is them putting a bow on things for Diablo 3, it turned out to have a lot more. Oh, we're going to keep supporting it and putting stuff in there. Here's what we're working on. And yeah. that was pleasantly surprising to see. I guess it is more than just. I, I, I yeah, I don't want to diminish it by saying, oh, well, now they're just in sort of let's rotate content mode while uh, while our big new baby brother enters the stage and everyone only cares about Diablo four. Um, so I guess that is better than that. It still seems to me like a way for them to settle into expectations so that when that does happen, there are still good reasons to play Diablo 3 if that's your jam. And you don't want to play whatever the new thing is. There were certainly Diablo 2 people like that and still are. And they still patch that damn thing all these years later. Um, so, yeah, you're probably you're I think you're both. I think we can both actually be right here. I think this is them establishing a new course of action. And it turns out the stuff they're going to do is pretty good. Like they're, yeah. they're they're not they're not just letting it lie. They're like, well, we're gonna you know we want to do we figured out a way internally to make this work and have new content, and like you said, you know, no new expansion. Nobody's gonna get blown away, but Diablo three still becomes a viable product that you paid for that you still play, and that you can go back and return to anytime you want. And that does make me, that makes me happy. Kind of want to play it right now. Is that Although, weird? Just talking about Diablo. I still wish they point. were putting the druid in the game. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. You know, there were little bits and pieces in there, man. There's all sorts of hints there at were. it. I mean, there definitely was a class being worked on for the second expansion, probably the Necromancer. Yeah. I'm yeah. And do you think of the, if the Necro, my understanding from talking to a few people that might know and might not know, and so it's the super incidental evidence, if it's any at all, but that sold pretty well for them. So I thought that meant, oh, we'll maybe get a $15 character pack every once in a while. And then that just dried up. Nothing uh-huh. happened. So, um, that- Well, they're probably not used to the kind of pace that a team like Heroes does. They're like, we got to make 12 Heroes. Let's get moving. <laughs> you know, like, 
maybe it's more involving for their culture on that team. I don't know. Right. Plus, if they're at the point where they are axing as many employees as they did in the name of ramping up development for Diablo 4, I'm sure there is internal pressure to don't work on Diablo 3. Stop it. I'm sure every time someone reaches to launch Diablo 3, someone just slaps them. This is stop. Just right. Diablo 4 right now. No, don't look at Diablo 3. Yeah. Well, I think they, they work on different teams, right? Well, do they? Do I don't they? know. I, I mean, know. like, that's the thing. Who's, who, which team is working on Diablo I think 4? There's, I, I think there are teams for classic games that support all the classic games. Then there's the teams that work on the new projects. I assume that would make the most sense to me. Is three on classic then? Is it that... isn't, isn't like Joe doesn't come in and be like, um, I'm going to work on Diablo 3 today, guys. I know we have a deadline for that art for Diablo 4, but screw it. I'm going to do some Diablo 3 stuff. They're like, I got to see you in my office right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the Diablo 4 team and you'll be working on Diablo 4 art assets. I mean, that's a good point, but I, I think also to what Scott said, I guess I don't know that Diablo 3 has been relegated to classic status and just has a classic support team. And that's <laughs> if Heroes it. is a class, if Heroes is a classic game, Diablo 3 is a classic game for sure. Mm. Really? Uh, I don't yeah. know. I would. Yeah. I see the logic behind what you're saying, Bo, and it makes sense. See, okay. but I'm you also have a, have I don't have that rock? level of faith that something that obvious is true. Do you have a classic rock radio station? Yeah, I don't. K Bear One Hundred One, we call it here. Yeah, and we have one here, K One Hundred Six or something like that. Here, and you know, for a while we liked listening to classic rock because it was the old tunes of my parents and their generation and things like that. And then one day, Nirvana was on. I was like. Wait, what? That's not allowed. That's my teenager music. That's not classic, but they play Nirvana. It's classic rock. And so, like, so anything that bands that existed before Nirvana, they're eligible for classic rock, too. Well, that's so true, if but you're heroes and you're in the classic rock radio station. <laughs> the older games also go in the classic. It's not me that set the classic. Wow, bar. is Blizzard. an older game than heroes and it doesn't have a classic, it's a classic team. game, too. Good Lord. Wow, classic <laughs> isn't being worked on by the classic team. World of Warcraft 2 is like overdue by now. <laughs> and let me just let me just make loud and clear. They're milking that thing for all it's worth well let me okay let me let me let me diverge here a little bit i don't think the music comparison is exactly a good one although like I final take fantasy point. has another mmo uh, you know yeah but here like they did they were like let's keep expanding this one they were like let's release a new one <laughs> i like that you're eating the microphone now i like that. <laughs> no. so but it's blizzard we're a small company unlike square enix so let me let me make this let me make this distinction the only reason we have this joke or this slight irritation going around that that Heroes is now in classic mode is because of that job listing where it was lumped in with some of these other games. Ironically, in that case, Diablo 3 was not listed in that list, but for some reason Heroes was, which seemed ridiculous to me because I kind of take your point. It's, you know, if you're going to really do, if you're going to have classic, make it the old games, not the new games. Uh, I think this is the, this is the rule. The the word means something. No, I I agree, but here's 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 the rule. I think the rule should be if the game is available as a tab on your launcher, it is not a classic game in the sense that it's some backroom with three dudes making sure the p- server's running. 
Because I think I mean, that's I, what we think about it. I think we think of it as go, ah, oh, it's old. Classic means old. I have StarCraft One as a, as a clickable icon. Is that not no? Remastered, you, you not a have, classic game. You have remastered, which is a old game made uh, new with a whole bunch of you know facelifts and stuff. Look, this is this isn't me deciding what's a classic <laughs> game or not. It's Blizzard. The word classic has a meaning in the English language. Yeah. And it refers to things. Uh, well, let me look up the definition. Let's get this. Some part. people, I mean, some people say I instant under, classic. I understand why Bo feels adamant about this, but he's speaking as if it's a fact, and I don't believe that he knows. That's where the breakdown I'm is. I'm looking for the word classic here. Okay. So maybe radio stations use it wrong when they refer to classic rock. Well, it's like Bo music. telling me what the weather is outside. He'll probably get it right. What's instant He's classic? Probably right, but I don't think that he knows. Bo, Bo, sure. define define for me an instant classic. When people say that, what do they mean? Like if an you instant classic? Yeah, it's it. They don't know how English works. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's an instant classic. How do you know that uh, it's permeated the culture in such a way that we won't forget about it in five years? Yeah. You but don't I mean, know because also, these things are judged over time. Right, but it's also and, very subjective, right? Like it's not a, a an absolute that something's a classic across the board. It's just enough people say it is and so therefore it is. In the Blizzard context, it's an actual classification of a product. It's so like a shelf. It's possible. It's possible that they're using the word classic as a marketing term to mean old game, but it's corporate speak for old game because mm. classic the semantics of classic makes everyone think like, oh, very nice. Like the definitions of classic are here, judged over a period of time to be of the highest quality and outstanding of its kind. Hmm. Uh, the second one is remarkably and instructively typical, as in Hamlet is a classic example of a tragedy. Oh, right. I don't think that's quite what we go for when we talk about classic rock, but but maybe we do. It, rock music, what are the classics of rock? What are the things that are typical of rock? We think like TNT. <laughs> Dynamite, <laughs> TNT, or you know, thunderstruck. Why are we talking about the actual definition of classic? We are talking about a team, a specific team in Blizzard, not the definition of the word, a team, and who is on that team and what games they work on. So, 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 WoW is a classic game. And no, it isn't. <laughs> the the WoW the team works on WoW remarkably and instructively <laughs> typical what's a classic of the mmo genre i'm not talking about the definition of the word classic bo well, in that well case... by the blizzard's definition mm -hmm. it's not a classic right right it's the it's a so, it's so a... final fantasy is clearly the better superior product <laughs> like they're using the word classic wrong aren't they there, Diablo it's a team. 4 is probably coming out soon. It's just all they're saying is I think what I think John John is right in that it is a Blizzard's using it as a team descriptor. It's not about whether the things because the whether something's classic or not and whether lots and lots of people think it is is not really part of the thing. Like I was saying the other day, I don't like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It's my least favorite Beatles album. And while I got some agreements, I got a lot of people said, Oh, I totally disagree. It's the best thing they ever did. Or there was a whole bunch of people that said, I don't understand why the Beatles are popular at all. That's my controversial opinion. I think the Beatles suck. And so that's always going to be subjective and weird. And you can say if it's cultural impact makes it classic, well, then the Beatles are a classic for sure, 100% across the board. But if it means 
they're indicative of greatness or whatever, you're going to have some people that dis- you know that are going to disagree. In in Blizzard's case, it's actually very black and white. They have a team. They call it classic. They could have called it old school. They could have called it uh, I don't know what any other name. But classic was a good fit because this means they work on the older stuff and make it new again, or they keep it up, or they put it out as new, like Warcraft Three coming out again with all of its changes. Like that is essentially the same game, just with brand new pants on. In a lot of lot of ways, Starcraft One is like that. So I. I guess all I'm saying is when they came out and said Heroes of the Storm is in the classic category in that job listing, I was annoyed because I don't think it's old enough to be called one by de- by Bo's definition. And also, I don't think the team, which has been black and white named the classics division, should have anything to do with a game that is still living and breathing and happening every day in the way that Heroes oh. is. So I actually don't like either category applied to Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm does not deserve either treatment. And one day I will think of Heroes as a classic for me because I love that game and it's one of my favorite Blizzard games ever made. And I will always feel that way. So in 10 years, that game's a classic. In 20 years, that game's a classic. But right now, it's not by your definition and I don't think it should be by the team's definition either. It should be its own team doing its own thing. Yeah, there's a a number of uses. And in Wikipedia, there's one relevant use that makes the way that Blizzard uses it correct. It's very short. In commerce, products are named classic to denote a long-standing popular version or model to distinguish it from a newer variety. And in many of those cases, you know, classic makes sense. There's a new StarCraft, so StarCraft 1 can be classic. Diablo 2 and Diablo 1 can be classic because there's a Diablo 3. But Heroes can't be classic because there isn't a newer variety. I am going to stab myself with a pen. Well, I like talking about language and learning how it works. I'm sorry that you don't. And to those of you who have followed along with where my point lie in all of this, uh, please don't stab yourselves. But thank you for joining me on yeah, this. I think that, I mean, right, get, I lost a thread. Why Why is what am I bringing up a problem? It's not. It's not. It's not. I, there I disagree with John because I don't think it's a problem at all. Like trying to figure out why this language applies in both sides, but it means something totally different. That's a totally valid. I'm just trying to figure out if my criticism is right or wrong, because I could very much be, be wrong. And, 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 you know, I, I think maybe they are using classic in the right term. And that's where, where I just don't, at. I just don't, I can't, I don't think of Diablo three as a classic game again, in either, in either definition, it's kind of the problem I have with the heroes side, but maybe less so because, you know, it's, it is older, but if we're just talking about age, I mean, 2012 is not that old for a game that's, made by Blizzard that stands the test of time. And so calling it classic just sort of annoys me. But a game that I would have played in the 90s, Warcraft 2, for example, if they bring that back, I mean, that's 100% a classic move. Like, that's just a classic video game. And it's easy for me to define it as such. I don't think Diablo 3's reached that yet. Diablo 2 has. Diablo 1 I think it has. has. Because I, maybe in, I think it has internally. Like we know that because of the Jason Schreer article that they're working on Diablo Four. Right. So publicly, we don't consider it that way. But internally, that game got axed on the launch of Reapers. It became classic the moment Reaper of Souls came out because they were working on a new Diablo or at some on some level and killing that one. Yeah. So it is a classic game. I mean, at some point, it's semantics, but uh, I mean, you're not wrong. Like internally. And that's what bugs me about it is I feel like it's a bit of a great, it's like a dead man walking kind of feeling that that word gives me when Blizzard says it. 
because it feels like they're pushing it out of the limelight and shoving it in the back room. And I don't like that. Um, but I like the idea that Diablo 4 is coming along and the Diablo 3 is not going to get left in the lurch and that players will still have stuff to do, me included. So it's kind of a weird... Well, and I know they know this and they've crafted it as such, but it's kind of a win-win. It's okay. It's all right for it's all right for Diablo to enter its, you know, for three to enter its new its new little space and let four in. That's what we all want, right? We all have phones. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you all have phones, right? You guys have phones? Check it out. I got a phone. I do. I don't have a cell phone plan. Oh. What do you do? How do you do cell phone stuff? You just do Wi-Fi? Uh, I don't have a cell phone. Well, I have a pay and talk that I put like ten bucks on every couple months. That's it. But I don't. I don't really have a phone number. I basically live without phone. That's kind of rad. I want to do that. How do you do that? Just don't <laughs> have. Just a phone. don't just have a phone. Don't have a phone. <laughs> the, the, there's, a, you know, it's the internet. Like if people want to get a hold of me, I'm like you can message me on iMessage. Like I have, well, I have a broken iPhone. Yeah. That, you know, the hand me down. I can get messages on iMessage. Yeah. It was and I got another hand me down. It's a. It's a Android phone, and you can message me on all the various text messaging apps, or call me on a Discord or whatever. I I, I don't do phones. I feel like I don't do phone numbers. I feel like that's a. Why am I yeah, still doing they're a good phone for nine one one? But like, if you like paying eighty dollars just in case you might need nine one one, that's kind of crazy too. That's a really interesting point. I guess if I'm in a car or something, I won't have access. I mean, I don't, ha- I don't have wireless data, but I'm like, I don't need internet that bad that I need it with me every second of the day. But that's just me. I don't, I don't know. know. You're, 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 Are you you're debating good... a phoneless lifestyle, Scott? A is little. That what this is? I mean, I remember having this argument years ago when I went from a landlineless, or when I dived into a landlineless lifestyle and dumped everything but cell phones. To me, that felt like a big deal at the time. Now it's nothing. Like who cares? No one has a phone line. At what home. if the cell phone tower goes out? You'll be able to call nine one one. Right. But you I have love to have the, the landline just in case. I just love this idea of not paying. I don't think I, I don't know what I pay. I have a family plan, but I just wish we didn't have it. I mean, we all pay. I pay the ISP money. So it's, yeah. I'm curious about this, Scott, because I wouldn't go without a phone. Mm. And between me and you, I probably use my phone less because I use it as a phone for texting and for messaging exclusively. You throw at least gaming and apps on top of that. Yeah. Are you saying get rid of it as a phone or are you saying get rid of the device altogether? No, I'm saying as a phone that requires 3G up to LTE connecting all the time anywhere oh. I'm at. I'm saying yeah, I'm saying all that. the functionality like I'm in front of Wi-Fi, I'm in Wi-Fi 90% of my day. I could probably get away with this. I could uh, do that. I don't I think my don't kids answer could. Most phone calls. I so. don't either. I, if it's my kids or my wife, I answer them. If it's not, I I let it go to voicemail. I don't care who it is. Um, I don't it know. It has its moments where it would be convenient just to have Google Maps. Basically, I'm like, where am I? Yeah, I'd like a map. But you know, uh, like one time I was going to my sister's house. She just moved, and I got lost. It was middle of winter. It was snowing out. But I just walked over to the Burger King, and they had Wi-Fi. <laughs> I just stood outside. I'm like connected and got the map. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, wasn't that bad? Yeah, that's I interesting. Found it. So, anyways, there's that. But to bring it all back to oh, like whatever it. was we were talking about, oh, I have, an opinion I have a, I have a way article. to do this. Actually, real quick, here's a random Diablo fact. I don't know when they added it, but I looted a small child as a pet in Diablo. 3. <laughs> what? Shut up. 
Is that I'm a thing? dead serious. It's a little kid that follows me around and picks up gold when things die. Oh, what? Hold on. <laughs> Diablo 3, little kid pet. Complete list of pets and their locations. Okay. Now I'm going to play because I got to get that. <laughs> Are you kidding? This, this is this kid. He's got like a wooden sword and he just follows me around. Okay, so there's Blaze. It's basically a, a, ra a raging a fire skull. Buddy the no, Bumble, no, no. Uh, Charlotte, Friendly Gauntlet. I'm trying to find it here. Haunting Han ha Hannah. I um, wondered if it had something to do with like Legend of Zelda. I think his name has something similar to Link in it. Maybe? Oh, here it is. Lamb. This is a non-cop pet. Is acute, uh, acute as a mutton and also a human child. Whose child is this? Where are his parents? Hmm. <laughs> Damn it, yeah, dude. A <laughs> A demon just dropped a human child to follow me around everywhere I go. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, there are a lot more pets than I thought. Yeah. Holy shite. Some of them you can't they get. They basically added a treasure goblin that does nothing but drop pets. Okay. Uh, look what you're doing to me now. I'll have to get in there, see what's going on. Diablo 4, it's on its way. Looking forward to it. Time for some small talk. Uh, that is to say what we're playing. I am playing Rebel Galaxy Outlaw a lot, and I love it. I really like it. John just got it, so I'm going to defer to him on his impressions because I've already given mine. Uh, but I'm still playing that game, and I really, really like it. And for whatever reason, because both that and the big update to No Man's Sky came out the same day, I also have been playing No Man's Sky. And I've come to two conclusions. One, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is all about adventure time. And I don't mean the cartoon. I mean like... Okay going to space kill the dude intriguing story going on cool music in the background like more of the adventure of space is happening with rebel galaxy outlaw and it's happening real well over there and no man's sky is all about exploration for me it always has been so no man's sky is about oh i'll give you an example if you go system to system in rebel galaxy it's kind of not that different you, you go to the new system and there's a station and you get some stuff and you go do some things i mean it's not like visually or aesthetically everything changes on you in No Man's Sky, you can freaking warp halfway across the universe and come out and everything's different. The color of the freaking gas cloud everything is in is different. The planets are all different. Everything is all this crazy procedural insanity. Every planet's different. So it really lends itself well to exploration. And with this latest update, even more so, I think that game's really great right now. However, I will say this, and this is just the thing I've come to, and judge me if you want to. I'm fine. I can take it. Uh, I don't mind the judgment. I have less shits to give about judgment these days. So here it is. I'm about to give, I'm about to spill the beans. I don't think, or I think that No Man's Sky creative mode is really the only mode for me. Now, there are going to be people that go, wait a minute, where's the challenge? Where the blah, blah, blah? I get it. I understand that there's a whole survival thing and get enough parts to build a thing and then Cool Knight can build the next thing and I get it. But I don't really like those kinds of games. And it's the least fun part of the game for me. What I like is get in my ship, go find a thing, get missions at the mission desk from some alien idiot, and go out and do those and come back and get a crap ton of money for it. Uh, that's what I like. And so I get this big green hauler looking ship, and I just am doing missions, and I'm following the story. You can still do all that and doing all the exploration and the discovery stuff. You just don't have to worry about, oh, I'm out of carbon. Well, shit, let's go to planet B489 and dig up some carbon for the five millionth time. I don't have to do that stuff anymore. 
I know this is just me. I'm not. I'm not saying anyone should. Anyone else should should uh, predicate their their play in No Man's Sky based on what I'm saying. But I think creative mode is the mode for me uh, in that game. Uh, that being said, we'll get to more of this in a second with John, and we can argue some of these points if you want. But then 40 uh, Warhammer 40k prophecy or Warhammer 40k Inquisitor prophecy. Their names are too big. These games. Uh, that's the other game I've been playing a ton of. All my time has been in space in all my video gaming lately, and that's fine with me because that's where I want to be. And that game is great. I think that game's really good. I know it's still got mixed reviews on on um, Steam. I wouldn't let those hold you back. If you read a lot of them, it's a lot of people complaining about the fact that the first game had issues and they lost faith in the developer, and so uh, they play it for 10 minutes and then return it and then do a review like that kind of stuff is happening. It's really unfortunate because I think those guys have fixed a ton of stuff. It's made me want to go play more of the original game again, tightened up everything. It feels a lot like loot 2.0 when Diablo did that and how that kind of turned that game around. It feels uh, maybe not quite as impactful, but, but closer to that for me. And I really dig it. So that's my opinion on that. John, what have you been playing? All right. I'll go through the really, really quick ones first. I've tried to pop into Pillars of Eternity 2. Game seems cool. Uh, I'm still very new with D&D, and I'm trying to learn a lot about D&D and trying to learn another RPG rules and mechanics on top of that. Was not working, and I bounced off of it, and I'm not going to play that game. Oh, (laughs) that sucks. That game's great. You should play it. (laughs) All right. Does it, it handle all the great. rules for you in a video game? Yeah, it kind of it kind of does. But just like I, I started to fall down that rabbit hole of I'm looking at my abilities and it's like this does staggering and this and this. And I was like going over things, learning definitions. And I was just like, man, you know what? I'm trying to learn oh, one game right now. And this is just going to throw me off. And they do have I, involving mechanics when you got like in divinity when how armor works. I, I get it. You're right. Only so much brain space at a given time that it might not be a good time. You're right. Like it, it has made me very excited for the new Baldur's Gate, which is going to use fifth, uh, a fifth edition rules. And that'll be a nice little keeping my brain at least on the right track. And, and I think there is a great game in there for sure. I, I'm not trying to, this is purely a me thing. Um, that caused me to bounce off of it. Also a purely me thing that caused me to bounce off a game uh, because I couldn't wait for Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. I started playing Rebel Galaxy mm. and I played it for about three minutes and then I uninstalled it angrily. Really? Um, Why? What? what? So, so I, I get in the game and I go through the whole thing and I got go do a mission and I go off and I go into I go into space And it pulls me out of space because there's an enemy ship nearby. And I go, all right, let's get into this combat. And I get annihilated. I'm like, oh, this freaking game. I closed it and I did something else for a while. So I got back in. I was like, okay, I'll try it again. Okay, going on this mission for this guy. (laughs) Off I go. Get pulled out of space again by the same raider. Here he comes. I start fighting him. And then I notice that it's saying like, oh, this guy's way too strong for you 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 shouldn't fight him and i thought then why did you put him here in the first mission of the game why did you put an enemy that can just blow me up in seconds so off i go and i run from him and and i go and i continue the mission and then it was like hey we detected something out here you should go check it out and i was like i should that seems like distress the right call thing. right Another so, distress call so i go check yeah. it out and i come out of space and 
like mines all fly at my ship and I blew up and I was like, this game freaking sucks. And I, I just turned it off and uninstalled it at that point. I, I did not like the learning curve that it was throwing at me, especially because I knew I was going to be playing the sequel slash prequel, uh, in just a couple days. So I, I turned it off. Are you looking forward to quitting that one too? (laughs) Well, let's talk about rebel galaxy outlaw. All right, go. I'll see you did play it. I think there's a good game in there for Mm -hmm. sure. No doubt about it. Yeah. But that game does not care that I haven't played one of these in a long time. (laughs) That game doesn't care if I know how to play one of these games. That game doesn't care if I'm having a good time and it runs in and throws sand in my face. (laughs) That game doesn't care. Mm. And I, it really caused me to kind of bounce off of it hard when the no man's sky update came out. Oh, Um, interesting. I, I like a lot about that game. There's a ton of very cool stuff and I want to get back into it. And a part of it is definitely like awakening the, you know, free space Two tie fighter fan that exists years and years and years ago. Cause like, I forgot about, Oh, right. You don't hold the button to throttle. You set like a throttle level and the ship speeds up to that, which feels very clunky, but that's how those games play. Um, like the targeting cycling through targets on your computer. So like I was getting in these dog fights and I could never target the things I wanted to target. And I just, there, there were so many things and the game gives you no tutorial for any of this. Like the first thing I did when I got in my ship was shoot missiles out into the vastness of space because it didn't even tell you, here's how you speed up. It just, nope, you're in your ship. Go. Yeah, and I'm like, they don't. Well, what there's button, not a lot of what onboarding. Buttons do anything. Yeah, there's not a lot of onboarding. A lot of some of it carries forward from the tutorial? first game. I mean, no, not really. No. I mean, there's stuff on screen. There's screen prompts and stuff. Like, and you, get yeah, get this. This is the first mission they give you. <laughs> yeah, they don't tell you how to fly your ship. They don't tell you what to do. Ooga booga googa booga guy comes out. <laughs> except now he speaks English for some reason, uh-huh. and he tells you to go out and he. He well, first he tells you to go talk to another guy. That guy sends you out and he just goes, Look, you're just gonna fly up, you're gonna get a code. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. You go there and there's four capital ships that all just open fire on you. And if you don't turn tail and just start running, you get blown up in seconds. So then you have to basically dodge fire from these ships for a while. Then they start throwing raiders at you to come fly and shoot you down. Then they tell you, okay, hightail it, but you still have to fight the raiders while dodging the cannon fire. And they never tell you how to fly the ship. This is just this is literally the first mission in the game. Yeah. And I was like, what are they doing? I don't. The first story of the mission of the game, I'm trying to remember how. I think it. I didn't die in it or have any trouble with it, but I don't know why that was. Part of the, part of the problem might be that game is about procedural open world, so there's stuff happening around the universe that's not going to happen for me. It, it may happen for you, but won't happen for me, or it may happen uh, later in the game for me and much earlier for you. Like there's a lot of that stuff and it's possible too to end up going to a place that's supposed to be kind of, you know, balanced for your level. And then is just happens to be the moment that a, a huge bunch of capital ships are floating around that hate me. There, there is definitely right. that. Um, I also, I still say the game's got some, misbalance happening 
at lower ship levels. I think that they, they want you to go do some story stuff that you just can't do yet. And you, you feel barred from it, gated from it because it's too hard and you have to go grind out missions to upgrade your shields, to get a better ship. I finally got my hundred thousand dollar ship or credit ship and it's better, but I still am at a place in the story where I can't progress because the guys were, you know, whooping my butt. Um, so I, I, I think, I think I agree with you that they, they, the onboarding's rough. They're, they, they don't give you a lot to, to, to go on. And even if you remember like, you know, basic control stuff, like tap a for the different levels of, of normal cruising speed or click and hold a for auto, uh, jumping or whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. Autopilot. Um, I mean, a lot of those things are carryovers, but they don't tell you, and it's a different interface. So um, I also found that game to be much better in third-person mode. So I get out of the cockpit Mm -hmm. uh, always. I'm always out of the cockpit, and I think it's better that way. Um, But there's, you're right. None of that stuff is, is super spelled out, and I could see how that would rub some people wrong for sure. It did bum me out that I didn't like the in cockpit as much as I had hoped because I bought a little hula man for mm-hmm. my ship. Yeah. And I bought a postcard because uh, coincidentally, my hometown is literally one of the postcards that you can put up there. So I was like, well, this is pretty nice. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, the image in no way <laughs> represents my hometown at all, but it's got the name on there. So that's exciting. Sure. Um. And I thought it was cool. And I think there is cool stuff in there. I think there's definitely like something that needs to be flipped on my brain as far as like remembering how these games are played, remembering how to do them and going through the motions. It's going to take time, but I think there's definitely a cool game in there. I don't love the voice acting. Mostly it's the main girl. I don't like her voice. Yeah, it's all Uh, it's all, you know, you're it's all you you become pretty aware right away that the game is a five man team. Like there's a lot of it that is uh-huh. really impressive for being a five man team, like kind of mind blowingly good yeah. for five men or five people. But then you'll hit some like polished stuff where you're like, yeah, the VO is a little rough and the responses from the aliens are rough. And yeah, you're, I mean, that's true. I, I, I can't deny she, that. She, she looks like she's about 20 years old and she sounds like she's about 85. Right. Um, so that kept throwing me. I kept finding myself just reading the text and trying to ignore the voice work to go along with it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I love the style of the game. I love the look. I love the tone. It definitely plays like those old games, even if I'm not used to it. And I'm really looking forward to getting into it. I don't have like buyer's remorse or anything like that. It just is going to require an investment more than I expected to have to put in. Yeah, um, I, I kind of expected an easy on ramp to get back into this type of game, which we just haven't seen in a long time. And instead, it was just like throw into the deep end. And I struggled with it in a big way. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it. I, st- I, th- I still think the thing is awesome. But for the reasons I really like it are more general. And I think there are specifics that could use work for sure. Um, yeah, but I, I think it's, it's something, Bo, you've been spending all your time in Starcraft two, a classic game. Classic game. <laughs> yeah. There should be, game. there should be a new RTS on the docket. There should be. Well, what, you the only reason, well, so according to the commerce definition, there'd have to be one being made ahead of it, oh. which now the naming of wow classic makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 
This is uh, this is this they're, is good. They're positioning it as the classic alternative to the current gen World of Warcraft. So you're playing like straight up StarCraft two right now, though. Like like uh, I played a lot of co-op commanders. John, you'll appreciate this. I, I got Tychus up to fifth to max level. I got nice. Artanis up to max level. Yes, Alarak, Vorazon. I mostly play Protoss. Uh, so all the toss are up. I'm gonna buy Stetman next, I think. Mm. But right, that's um, the way to go. <laughs> Zero Tool is actually super OP. He's a new one. I've been playing a ton of co-op, leveling up the commanders, and they get. I've been playing on Brutal now as like pretty easy mode. I'm all the good players play Brutal. I haven't had too many bad experiences except one guy who didn't make any units because he sucked. But um, uh, I mean, you have to make some units. I reported him for non-participation. So. <laughs> um, because nice. it sucks to queue up for a game, and they're just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but um, the game mode's fun, and I've been playing so much. And the other thing I've been doing a lot of, which is not playing the game, but I've been watching a ton. If I'm not playing StarCraft 2, I'm watching StarCraft 2 esports. Are I never there... actually watched the last year's BlizzCon final, so I watched uh, Cyril versus the other guy. I can't remember his name. <laughs> was it Hero? I don't remember. Do you? But I was. Yeah. I, but I've been watching lots of StarCraft. I mean, even the most recent WCS. I think Cyril, who's this from a European country, was beat by another kid from a European country at seventeen. GG Rainer, who plays Zerg. Dude, call you. Don't call yourself Rainer and play Zerg, okay? But anyways, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's confusing. saying GG two Rainer. It's oh. confusing for an old old person like me. Yeah. Um, but I've been addicted to watching uh, StarCraft. To esports, StarCraft 2 podcasts, StarCraft 2 content creators. I'm just 24 7 playing and watching StarCraft content all week. Um, I'm flirting with the idea of playing competitive. Mm -hmm. I went into versus AI, and they've actually updated that so that rather than pick your difficulty level, it does matchmaking based on your difficulty. Mm. So you start it very easy, and then it cranks up the difficulty just like you'd think MMR does, but it does it on a very quick scale. Yeah. Uh, speed, I mean, so I'm already at harder AI. I think there's three more tiers to go, and I'm, I'm right now. I'm at the point where I'm like, am I really going to play competitive? This means I have studying to do. Um, so, I, like, I'll need to research build orders. I'll need to figure out how to properly APM in terms of doing control groups and stuff like that. I won't have a high APM. I don't know. I probably won't get very high, but I do. When they go to the player cams, which they did this year at BlizzCon to show what they were doing, their screens were like. Bippity bappity boopity bappity all over the place is crazy, and I'm like, man, that's a that's actual impressive gaming. And the reason for my interest in StarCraft 2 is like, is like, we did a show about heroes, mm -hmm. we like competitive esports, but all these esports are kind of nothing like, all these esports are kind of nothing compared to StarCraft 2. Like, it doesn't matter how popular StarCraft 2 is, it is literally the most challenging game out of any competitive game period to play like if you're bragging that you're a fortnite pro or you're heroes or league of legends pro, like it's good you've worked on something hard and built something but you're you still like a tear down from the starcraft <laughs> people who reach the very tip top of what you can do in starcraft in terms of impressing the common man with your technical feats I think that's I think that's true because you've got because there's the two aspects that you that StarCraft two nails, which is not just Twitch gaming, uh, and by Twitch I mean reflexes. There's definitely that in StarCraft two. Uh, everyone always talks APM and all that stuff. That's where you get that from. 
So that's definitely there, but it's the freaking mind F that is StarCraft II that is the hard bit. And if you can master both those things, I mean, it's hugely it's impressive. Just, like, it, it, there's, there's the technical skill, but there's also a chess element to it, right? Because I've been watching, you know, I've still been watching my chess videos. I'm interested in chess. I listen to a chess podcast. Um, and they call StarCraft 40 chess. And I'm like, oh, it so is. Like, it, like there's strategy. You know, and, and like you can get caught up in like, oh, you just have to be fast side, but you also have to, there's a whole bunch of layers to the strategy and stuff. And I'm just kind of really fascinated with it, I think, at this point. So mm, that's awesome. Yeah. You still have done zero co op commanders. Yeah, like, I still uh, haven't even touched that. I, you know, that's what's funny is even when you, here's what usually happens when friends of mine start going hard into a game, uh, like you guys are talking about StarCraft 2 lately, normally that drives me to want to play it. For some reason, the last thing I want to play right now is an RTS, and I couldn't tell you why, of any kind. I don't want anything to do with real-time strategy. Uh, it puts me off, and I want lots of turn-based stuff. I don't know if that's a game I mean, those are technically thing. strategy games, too. Well, they're totally Heart strategy. and Magic are technically strategy games as well. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, but I'm talking the RT part, the real-time part. Used to you be don't want to do the real time part back in the day. I mean, this I'm the complete opposite in the 90s. In the 90s, I didn't want anything that was turn based. I wanted this new idea of real time strategy. That's all I wanted. Give me StarCraft, give me freaking uh, what was the other one? Uh, Command and Conquer, give me Dune 2, yeah. give me real time RTS. Man, I was all about it. And to me, it was like, move over, old guys. Uh, freaking turn base is a thing of the past. Go play chess in the park if you want turn based strategy. We're moving on. Like, that was my attitude. And I've had a complete flip now. I want just turn based stuff now. I don't know why. If it's a strategy game, I want turn based. I'm actually in the same boat as you, um, but co op commanders gets a pass from me because it's not that it becomes turn based in any way, shape, or form. But the nice thing is, is that let's say I want to tech up. For a late game tech right having that partner there allows you to say hey man i'm really going for this late game tech thing and i just kind of want to focus on that and i don't want to worry about the other stuff can you watch the objectives for the first couple minutes of this match mm -hmm. while i just zone in and do my own thing no pressure mm -hmm. and you know bo bo and i used to play artanis and kerrigan and he would just make a ton of zerg units and go yeah i got it for a while and he well, would just He'd just go and he'd control the map and I'd just work on building economy and putting things where I want to and no pressure or anything. And then at a certain point, it's like, okay, you know what? Now I'm ready to get in there and join the fray and then I can do that and he can take a break. And like, there's something about the co-op nature of how you can work together with that and kind of pass that baton of, you know what? Just you take the objectives for now. Or, you know, can you help with this? Like, that or really the, slows the train it down maps, to a pace where There's I two like. trains you got to blow up. So, like, I'll take this train track. You take the train track. And we reinforce to help each other. Also, the speed of the game is not competitive speed. It's pretty slow. Oh, yeah. good. Because that's the it's thing a, I don't on like. On Brutal, the, the, the unit speed's higher. But you don't have to play. You can just start on easy. And it's a super casual experience. So mm. the, the other thing that I think is cool that you would probably like from it aside from the humor it's also a very funny mode uh but the the thing that i think you would enjoy scott is as you level these uh commanders up it kind of works the same way diablo's legendary items do mm. where what you're unlocking is ways to break starcraft essentially mm. so like getting artanis to level to his highest level of unlocks 
basically makes it to where you start with max population available to you. You don't have to build pylons to get more units. You can create as many units right out of the gate that you want. You mean supply? Um, yeah, supply. Basically, the pylons are there just to power your buildings. That's all you need them for. So all the part of the game where you would go around and, oh, I got to build another pylon and another pylon. And you have pylons. not enough pylons. Is what That's not a factor anymore. Like, you're well. not going to hear that. It's just a case of power. And so that's the thing is you unlock new units and new stuff like that, but you also basically unlock ways to break the game. Yeah. Also, can I tell you about cooler. the Tychus hero? Yeah. Because I've been playing Tychus. So if you don't like controlling an army, you basically can just control the, a whole Heroes of the Storm team. So you have five <laughs> units the whole game. It's Tychus and it's four of his outlaw buddies, and that's all you have. Really? And then when you when you F2 to highlight them all and control them as a group, yeah. Q, W, E, R, and T are each one of your heroes' abilities, and that's it. It's like playing Lost Vikings where you don't split off the Vikings. You just keep them grouped up press the button that's hilarious it's literally the easiest commander in the world to play mm. the only thing you got to do is make your scvs in the beginning and get your economy going which yeah. is easy because not much happens in the beginning of the match right and then you have a heroes of the storm team that's crazy so wait let me ask you this when you're playing uh is it always pvp you're always playing against somebody else so two no no 2v2? it's co-op it's so you're always playing versus computer like it's it's a mission it's like um it's like a dungeon in world of warcraft Interesting. But okay. it's a starcraft map all right in my head i thought it was always like a two-on-two thing so all right no, so no you're... no it's not versus anybody it's versus ai like base so but you're... it's like it's like you know what it's like it's like remember the brawls and heroes where you're playing against the computer yeah. like they made missions yeah it's literally that except you have to make SCVs and get your economy. Yeah, going. there's more to it, obviously. So, so you build your buildings, but yeah. Do you? Uh, these can't be played solo, or can they? Can they be played solo, or do you have? Well, to... when you queue, if you queue solo, you'll find a partner. Oh, okay. So it's all, but it's always a human partner, right? That's the way it works. It's always a human partner, but if they leave, you can just control all their stuff too. Oh, all right. That's there's been times they've left, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's probably just better if it's me working on all this stuff. So. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, but I get real bitter when people are just really bad at StarCraft. They they dare to go to Brutation, or not Brutation, but that Brutal level, mm -hmm. and then they really, it's not that good. And they you suck, know, yeah. You need to, so well, you need to turn down the difficulty before you get to, to Brutal level. Yeah. Like, one of the big thing for hard is that you have to build detectors, so enemies can be stealth, so you build detector units. Yeah. It's literally all you kind of need to do, and like, people don't do it, and they're like, oh, their whole army gets killed because of freaking dark templars are ripping up their lines and they don't have any reveal so. yeah you gotta do reveal but yeah. if you hang they with have... me scott i can probably like show you the ropes and it'd be super easy. yeah they have a ton of commanders too like and they all play very i mean some are similar but they all play pretty different like isn't i don't know how much you've played of stukov but he basically is mostly a he controls enemies sort of deal like he's in you get you get infested units his um, stuff is a little weird. I haven't played it, but I know you get infested units, and a lot of them have timed life. He seems like he's a more advanced one, but I'm not 100%. Is he really depressed I, and sad and wishes that he wasn't actually <laughs> coming back or all that? No, I didn't get that vibe from his lines when my teammates are Stukov. I've never played Stukov, though. Yeah. But eh. Stukovs are kind of annoying because they'll have a huge army, and then all of a sudden they'll have nothing because he's infested and they have timed <laughs> life. And... Oh, they die? They just corrode? He's not, he's not my favorite commander to co-op with. I'll, oh. I'll say that. Feast or famine. Interesting. Uh, I play Artanis, probably not surprising. Big shot. But he he just happens to match my play style. He's um, 
he's all about just warping in a ton of units. Like that's what he's there for. He's there to go from I have no army to I have an army. Like he's basically co-op commander Artanis is that StarCraft cinematic where I guess Probius after the retcon built the little gate and then an army just appeared to go fight the Zerg. You should uh, play Vorazim because you have Vorazim with the, the expansion pack, I think. Mm. And you drop in free py dark pylons that cloak and they're just, you just call them down. They don't. Ooh, are they like all purpley and dark? Like, yeah, yeah, they look cool. Like, there's unique, there's unique StarCraft assets. The coolest dashboard yeah. is the Alarak one. It's all black and red. Ooh. Like, it just looks so slick when you play Alarak. Yeah. And his big mechanic is instead of making zealots, you make ascendants. And whenever he goes to die, he just kills his ascendants to heal himself. Uh, this all, this all reminds <laughs> me. This cool. reminds me. Somebody on Twitter sent me a link to a Japanese YouTube video. I didn't understand anything they were saying because I don't know Japanese, but. They had clearly built uh, auto chess in the StarCraft engine, but using models from Heroes of the Storm. Um, oh. Yeah, it looked all right. I mean, it definitely had the UI of the StarCraft, like we haven't done anything to the UI yet in our mod kind of look. It still looked like StarCraft okay. UI. But the sure. actual characters running around on the on the chessboard thing and the, and the you know, fighting and whatever... Uh, all you know i saw vala running around i saw um that, that was the impression i got from the league of legends one was mm -hmm. like i'm like there's no new assets here no none you of know? it like like, yeah. like the ui was updated but like the, what the people are doing just look like what they look like in the base game like, yep yep absolutely so, pretty funny though to yeah. <laughs> see i guess i mean oh, it makes sense that somebody would eventually get around to doing it whether it's any good or not i don't know i couldn't tell but it seemed like it it was something uh, we need a unique spin to make the formula better. Completely agree. So that's what heroes did. Here's this. That's a good question. Time for a quick email. This is from listener Corey, who sent in an email to the site, frogpants at, or sorry, frogpants.core. I can't talk. Frogpants.com slash core. That's it. Frogpants.com slash core. Corey says this. Hello, John, Bo, and Scott. I almost said Joan for some reason. First off, I have to say I love your show. It is the perfect mix of comedy and in-depth discussion about gaming, the culture, issues big and small. Well, thank you for that, Corey. He goes on to say, forgive me if this question has already been asked, but here it goes. Often in gaming discussions, we talk about games that have had bad expansions or sequels that never should have been made or were big letdowns. What games do you think deserve or need an expansion or sequel but never got one? Well, outside of Diablo's unreleased expansion for three, which we all know about now and it will never happen, I guess we can cross that off the board. That would be my number one. Yeah, I think one. we have to take World of Warcraft off the board because everyone loves and hates various expansions and we'll... Yeah, you can't count those, I don't think. But, yeah. like, yeah. standalone games of some sort over time. Uh, Bo, can you think of any that uh, jump out Bad at you? Bad expansions or sequels that should... No, these, the, I think the question is the ones that you would want to see. Yeah, the ones that you never got you would like to have seen. So, for example, if you really okay, well, Diablo three, easy. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's where I'm having a problem is I'm having that thing where there's such an obvious answer to me. I'm having a hard time thinking of anything that isn't that obvious answer. I also but. think it's a travesty that they stopped making space quests. I mean, they got sequels, but yeah, they, it got weird. But like, that's just a childhood thing. Like, I grew up playing space quests and loving space quests. Oh, I love them too. I'm with you. I just kind of wish the two guys from Andromeda. I don't know. Uh, 
why they stopped, but they stopped. There was some big sucked. fight because they were they had something going with Kickstarter, right? And then it all fell apart. I can't remember what happened there. I guess something so. bad happened. But you know, if someone would, if Blizzard would come along and buy up the IP and just make Blizzard Space Quest, <laughs> that'd be okay. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any other games that? What games do you think deserve or need an expansion or sequel? Oh, I got one. Out? I got one. So on the 3DO and then later on PlayStation, there was a game. I had a 3DO for a hot minute. Um, cool. There was a game called, oh, shoot. It, uh, oh, shoot. it was a, a like three-quarter view, top-down view uh, with helicopters and tanks and Jeeps. And it played real, uh, like, Flight of the Valkyrie in the background. Like that. It was super intense. Was it an SNK game? Mm, I don't think so. It was this oh. multiplayer thing. I That was so much fun still to this day. Oh, i got to find the name of it. All right, was well, it Return that Fire? Up. That's it. Return Fire. Oh, okay. You got oh, it. Return Fire is so good. So, yes, I think Return Fire deserves... Not only a sequel, but a, a now at this point, like a full-on reboot, because that game was freaking great. Thank you, Matulian. Yeah, go ahead. I have a few that I can think of. Okay. Uh, I would like to have seen a, a sequel to an actual sequel to Chrono Trigger. I know Chrono Cross is officially the sequel, a- so we could say a sequel to that. But, I mean, it's just shocking to me that with the reverence that game has that there was no real follow-up to Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a game. Here's my obscure pick that probably not a lot of people have heard of. There's a game called Anachronox, which is basically a uh, Final Fantasy-style RPG, but it was done here in uh, America. And it's a big... It was a PC turn-based role-playing game. It was an incredibly funny game. Um about a a detective in space it had a wild roster of characters where you had the the space detective a robot there was a planet a literal planet that was shrunk down that joined your party um it was a crazy cool game and it ends on a cliffhanger and it deserved a sequel i think there was a kickstarter to try and do it and it, it i don't think it made it um but anachronox was a a fantastic game I'm tempted to say Mass Effect, but honestly, I don't I don't know how you actually do a satisfying sequel to Mass Effect. I'm not surprised Andromeda failed, I guess. Mm. So I But at least I, it got some sequels that were okay. So that's the thing about Space Quest 2. I'm like, it's kind of a bad answer because there were six of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like and I I have an updated pick now. Oh, what do oh you got? yeah. And uh so have you guys played Banished? Yeah, it's a city builder survival uh, thing. That's it's one of yes. the greatest games of all time in my books, <laughs> um, because it's it's nonviolent. Yeah, uh, which and it's a compelling city builder. Uh, I just found it very thematically tight. I just love that game. I love that game. It's nonviolent, but it's kind of horrific. Like the things that people go through in that game. Oh no, it's permadeath, and it's 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 a harsh <laughs> game. Business, it's, yeah. it's it's really fun. Um, but I would love to see a, a, see you know updated UI. Like I'd love to see a second take with all the pillars of what made that game the thing that it is. Because that game is, it's like in the FTL category when it's just like it's beautiful work of gaming art and banished. I've have like. 
a ton of hours played in that game. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Banished is pretty good. I, and I'm it's like a one-man development team kind of game. Yeah. So then the guy does post dev vlogs, but I think he's working on something else. But I want Banished too. Oh, I got a great one. Okay. Eternal Darkness. Oh, now, I know yeah. there's a whole thing around Eternal Darkness and the guy who made it and all of that. We don't need to get in the weeds with that business. Yeah. Just purely on the merits of the idea of a horror video game that messes with you deals with old gods and ancient ones and stuff like that and plays with your supposed sanity uh is a really cool idea that i can't believe has not carried forward yeah it was something at the time like really really something and certainly the fact the fact it was on like it was a gamecube exclusive was kind of nuts in its own way it was a that was a trip that game i i don't i don't know that you'll ever see it but the fact that somebody hasn't figured out a way to take what made that thing tick and build another game like it. And if they have, I don't know about it. So if anyone hears this and says, Oh, they totally did Scott. It's called, you know, booger of the earth part five or whatever. Tell me, send me an email and I'll, and I'll learn all about it. But right now I don't think that thing ever got duplicated in any sort of meaningful way. Uh, so that's a really good pick. Uh, yeah, these are good. These are good answers. We'd love to know what some of yours are. If you guys have thoughts on that, send your emails in. You can contact us by going to the website, frogpants.com slash core. I guess it's going to do it for the show. Did you have a pick? I think maybe I missed yeah, it. Yeah, Return Fire. On the, oh, Return Fire. I didn't miss yeah, it. Yeah, 3DO and... Uh, a really big deal out of it. PS, <laughs> 3DO, PS1, something else. Some other console maybe got it, but it was so cool in the day. I mean, maybe I'd play it now and not think as much of it, but I thought it was Was really it on good. like TurboGrafx-16 or something like Could that? have been. Um, I remember the PS1 version was a huge improvement over the 3DO version, which I, I don't even remember why. Maybe it was load times or something, but, you know, 3DO is kind of garbage. But um, Speaking of a series that's long dead, maybe, and reminding me of 3DO, is I, I, would, I would like a proper road, ra- or, uh, road Rash sequel. That would be great. <laughs> but I know, you know, Road Redemption already exists, which is an indie sort of spiritual successor and it's pretty much that so maybe i don't need it but man i loved road rash back in the day oh i got a classic one for you that i would totally take a sequel for i got a new one what do you got i got two but maybe we'll we'll stick to one but master blaster or blaster master 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 Master. i love that game as a kid is great yeah it is good also wait a minute that's my honorable mention is blaster master all right i like i'm i'm adding one as well uh, I just thought of a new one. Uh, there's about a million Star Wars games that I love that I think deserve a sequel, but one that stands out is a game called Star Wars Rebellion, which was a somewhat turn-based strategy game, uh, somewhat real-time for space battles, but it was this crazy thing where you could be on the Empire, you could be on the Rebels, and it was tech trees and kind of that like taking over systems. You could build a Death Star and just start wiping out entire uh, star systems with it if you played as the Empire. It was so freaking good. I'm actually looking at it. It's on Steam. I feel like I should get it. I, you I should bet get it. Doesn't it doesn't play super great, but <laughs> I put the link. I put the link in the chat. I, oh, I'm so nostalgic for this game. I used to play hours and hours and hours of this game it was so good i'm looking at it now let's see here i'm trying to remember it i don't oh i do remember it never mind i know this game 
Oh yeah, I bet this is still has its moments. Right? There's still stuff to do. I think <laughs> I think it's it's got to still be good. Oh, it was amazing. Like lore characters you could get and they could die like there was permadeath yeah. for so like you might send Han Solo on a dangerous mission and he might not make it back and mm-hmm. and he that might be in your little story where he died and things like that. And uh, it has actual picture or actual likenesses of actual characters. Like that's free straight up princess Leia there. And, uh, 98, what a year that was great games. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. There's Carrie Fisher doing a thing. All right. Uh, real quick, the chat room asked if I'm ever going to play that mashup that I promised to play. Now I'm going to do it. Oh, right. Uh, what's his name? Oh, you guys are in for a treat. Yeah. Uh, I want to give the I want to give him credit. Wait, uh, I think he might have messaged me somewhere. So let me get that. I think out. he just said something in the chat too, but I now uh, I can't find it. Oh, here it is. Fart fart kiss. <laughs> are you sure you're not a random player on our heroes team on the or the heroes I think it, uh, opposite name, team? I don't know if we, if we have permission to say the full name, but it's Dave. Dave. Dave aka Fart Kiss. that sounds awful um (laughs) he made a mashup for the show and uh we're gonna play it it's uh, about two minutes long so let's just play it here and see what we get here you go enjoy men all men went to the forest on the fishing trip and we were on an island and santa was there (laughs) have you ever done any like bush stuff it has its wiener in your orifice again does it Um, which orifice uh, you'll have to guess my ear patrons only my butt was dirty let me tell you when you're roughing it you don't take a shower for a while you're full of sweat sun's bearing down on you you're just eating fish and i think that's cool in its own right and i actually think it feels good is well, that- i mean i meant more rough in it like you just spend oh, time in the bush okay i'm having a really good time in there it felt right and good milky beans um they're little bits uh how do i put this it's, it's a little more um fluid creamy beans. creamy beans what are what are the two monstrous ones yeah that's what i mean it, it yeah. comes up if you go into the outdoors yeah it didn't stick like- at all and there's a lot to like it turns out. john do you uh what do you what's your usual when it comes to this sort of thing get in there and do it there's a chance you could be burned for a while i have this issue it's nightmarishly long all of these things are coming none of it's there and i'll be a part of the growth of this thing before it even hits because i trust those guys i'm enjoying the also mounting is great a nice piece of white bread mm. and if you know you're gonna be all in on that then sure get in now why not and you were drinking shit smegma yes it's like rubbing your face on a public toilet i don't want to shame anybody for their weird kink but you know if you're gonna blow bubbles in my toilet warn me or something doesn't that mean it's also up his butt crack? <laughs> maybe a little poop fart comes out and it's dirty down there right. okay different yeah. parts have been dabbed in my sweaty butthole for two years yeah. and i just see the butt and i'm like well it's up there eventually it's getting in the mouth <laughs> Like, it's not necessarily the same part that's in the butt that's now in my mouth or in my nose. How do we know what part is on my mouth? I think you really hammered it home. There you go. <laughs> it's pretty great. It did escalate quickly, but so did that episode it was pulled from. Like, Chatroom says that escalated quickly. If you listen to the episode where all that bow butt stuff came from, that entire that like the conversation. Last 10 minutes of the show. Yeah. Because I remember John saying. This is the end part of Core. You've made it. Welcome. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, thank you. That was awesome. Uh, Dave, is it? Butt kiss? Fart kiss? Sorry. Fart kiss? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, 
We really appreciate your hard work, man. Thank you for that. Uh, if you'd like to leave us me- emails, uh, I already told you how. If you want to send us a voicemail, 801-471-0462. kissing a fart. Dude, Ugh. gross. That sounds awful. What would it even entail, kissing a fart? What would that I be like? I think it would be accidental. Well, what? you'd probably have to put your face somewhere close to the point of... <laughs> um, what, getting, what do you call it? I don't know. Like you're already in a situation where you're kissing near the butt, and... Um, yeah. It just escalates from there. Yeah, another mashup on its way, everybody. Look for it in the future. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks for being here. If you like this nonsense, support us at patreon.com slash core show. That's patreon.com slash core show. All you need to know is there, so go check it out. You can also find us at frogpants.com slash core. Uh, leave us that voicemail at uh, 801-471-0462. Follow us on Twitter. The show's at core pod, John underscore Jagger. Scott Johnson and Bo Schwartz. Uh, it's going to do it for us. Bo, any final uh, words of wisdom about butts or anything before we go? Uh, are there any, are there any words of wisdom about butts? No. Just uh, keep, just don't don't put your don't poo, put your poo finger in there. Good for you guys. Keep your butt behind you. Keep your butt where it belongs in the back. That's going to do it, everybody. <laughs> for me, for Bo, for John. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. <laughs>